0: your reading second films from St. Luke chapter two. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was made when Serenus was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one unto his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be taxed with Mary, the espoused wife, being great with the child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought both her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in them. And there was in the same country shepherds hiding, abiding in the field, keeping their watch over the flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a saviour which is... (coughs) Christ the Lord, and this shall be a sign unto you. ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, earth peace, goodwill toward them. And it came to pass, as the angels were going away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem. And see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known ab- abroad the saying which was lit- told them concerning this child. And all that they-, they heard, it wondered, all those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and cornered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying, praising God for all the things they had seen. And it was told to them. Amen.
1: I want to ask the boys and girls if you've ever read the children's book, The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. Has anybody ever read that book or seen one of the movies or the TV shows based on it? In that book, uh, there's a land called Narnia. And Narnia lives under a curse, the curse of the white witch. And here's the white witch's curse. In Narnia, it will always be winter, but never Christmas. Always winter and never Christmas. Christmas. What a depressing and sad way to view the world. Can you imagine it? Always winter, dreary and dark, long nights and short days, rain, snow, fog, cold all of the time, but never Christmas. Never the joy of celebration with family and friends. Never the promise of presents under a tree. Never feasting on turkey and ham and stuffing and cocktail sausages and all the rest that comes with Christmas dinner. Now, of course, the man who wrote Narnia C.S. Lewis knew what he was at. He was telling us a story and, and this idea of it always being winter and never Christmas Well, that was the way he chose to describe a world without Jesus. A world that is dark and always getting darker. A world that has all of the joy and the happiness sucked out of it. A world where hope has died because there's nothing to look forward to. Things will either stay the same or they'll get worse. You see, Christmas changes everything. Christmas is a celebration of the world being turned upside down, a time when things begin to get brighter, when light comes into the world, when sadness starts to turn inside out and come untrue. Christmas changes everything. In the book and the TV shows and films which have followed it, the, the children start to learn that the curse has been lifted from Narnia whenever they meet Father Christmas. He gives them gifts. And, and they realise that things are beginning to change. The snow starts to melt. And they start to hear strange rumours about Aslan being on the move. The coming of Christmas is a marker. It's a sign that everything is beginning to change. All of the sadness is coming untrue. The world is being turned upside down. Today as we sit less than a week out from Christmas Day in our world, 21st century Northern Ireland, I want us to realise just how important Christmas is. Christmas is the beginning of all sadness coming untrue in our world. Christmas is the world being turned on its head. Christmas changes everything and to understand all of this I want us to go back in time all the way to that very first Christmas uh, to some shepherds sitting on a hillside outside of Bethlehem in Judea. I want us to think about two things in this passage, about the announcement or the message of the angels to the shepherds. Firstly, I want us to think about the manner of the message, and secondly, the meaning of the message. First, let's think about the manner of the message. It was to some shepherds living out in the fields. These were men who worked the land, men of the earth, In the local society, they weren't very well thought of. They were probably a bit smelly. After all, they did live out in the field with the sheep. And yet, it's to these shepherds, living out in the fields, that the announcement of Jesus' birth came. Normally, whenever a royal child would be born, the announcement is made at the palace. But Jesus was born and laid in a manger. And so the announcement to the shepherds is really quite appropriate. Would you do? imagine you were planning to get the message of the gospel out into the world? How would you do it? There are many ways you could plan to do it. And, and imagine you were at the strategy meeting in heaven whenever they were planning to announce the birth of Jesus. Would you have agreed that some shepherds sitting on a hillside outside a small town in the Judean countryside, is that the best place to make the announcement? Well, that's where it was made. It was made to some shepherds. And the angels come and remember what they said, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a saviour who is Christ the Lord. And this will be assigned to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. I want to mention just a couple of things about the manner of the message that were helpfully uh, pointed out to me uh, by Sinclair Ferguson. Firstly, this baby is Christ. This baby is Christ the Lord. Now, the shepherds knew that word, Christ. They knew it probably better than we do. Christ is an Old Testament word. It comes from the Hebrew word. It's the Greek form of the Hebrew word, Messiah. And it's described, it describes God's anointed servant. In the Old Testament, the prophets, priests and kings were anointed to serve God in their own way. And this would have been especially significant for the shepherds. They're living outside of Bethlehem and hundreds of years before this, one of their kind, a shepherd boy and the man for whom the town is named, David, that shepherd boy, David, was anointed by God as king and ruler over all Israel. So what those shepherds were hearing is that again, it's happening again, one of their people. Somebody born in Bethlehem of the line of David, one of them was born as Christ the Lord, God's chosen and anointed king. Another really important thing about the birth announcement is the way that it's worded. The announcement wasn't that a child had been born to Mary and Joseph. That's what we would probably expect a birth announcement to say. But that's not what the shepherds heard. The shepherds were told, there is born to you this day in the city of David, a saviour who is Christ the Lord. So here's the point of saying both of those things, that he was Christ and that he was born to the shepherds. I don't know how you think of yourself. I don't know if you think of yourself in in very high esteem or not. But no matter how you view yourself, I want you to know today that Jesus is born to you. He's born to each one of us. Just as he was born to those lowly shepherds, they represent the lowest of society. And so he has been born to you, no matter where you are on the pecking order. Boys and girls, maybe this is most especially important for you. You are included in this. Jesus didn't only come into the world for grown-ups. He came for all of us. Jesus came for you. I know as a a young person, you don't always feel as important as the grown-ups in your life. Sometimes it feels like you're being left out of things. Not when it comes to Jesus. Jesus has been born to you. and Not only has he been born to you and been born for you, he is like you. These shepherds heard from the angels that one of them, one of their kind had been born, yet he is Christ the Lord. The God who made the stars and the sky, the land and the sea and the mountains, Will that same God entered into the womb of a virgin and became an unborn child. Anybody who's ever been pregnant will know the appropriate fruit to use. There's always a fruit to describe the size of a baby during pregnancy. Friends, Jesus became the size of a grape. The second person of the Trinity, the size of a satsuma, an apple, a grapefruit, a melon. Jesus became like us. A baby, a little child, a teenager, a 20-something, Jesus became like you. And the reason for that, the reason he became like us, is so that we could become like him. Think about the shepherds hearing this message. The Lord and Christ has been born to them and he is one of them doesn't that fill them with hope to believe that they can become like him? That's why the message was to shepherds living in a field. Jesus became like us so that we could become like him. He became the son of man so that we could be adopted into the family of the almighty God. So that we can be called sons and daughters of the living God. Let's move on to think about the meaning of the message. We have the manner, what about the meaning of the message? Over the last couple of years I have felt a level of disconnection. I think we've all felt this disconnection that I've never known in all my life. We've come up with this new term, social distancing. Think about those words. It's not very social at all, is it? It's an incredibly unsocial thing. We can't hug. We can't shake hands. And if we ever do or anybody approaches us, we probably feel a wee bit uncomfortable about it. But you know, long before there was COVID, there was a connection that had been lost. There was alienation. There was isolation in the world. There was disconnection. And the reason for that was the sin of Adam and Eve. Their sin, their their disobedience to God's word, meant the breaking of a connection between God and man. And a breaking of a connection between human beings, between man and woman. Between men and other men, and women and other women. Ever since the fall, people have been living out of step with God and living out of step with each other. Isn't that why we see so much sin and wickedness in our world, directed at God and directed at each other? Wars and greed are fuelled by lack of love and lack of connection between human beings. Friends, this applies to the anger and bitterness that you carry in your heart maybe even towards someone who was once a close friend or someone who's a family member. And the disconnection from God is serious as well, isn't it? It means we're not living the way we should be. It means we dishonour God with our thoughts, our actions, our words. It means we break his commandments and we offend his holy name. It means we choose to live outside of his presence And we will receive the wages of our sin which is death. Our disconnection with God in this life means we will continue to be disconnected from him for all eternity. And that's as you know a description of hell. What's this got to do with the shepherds and the angels? Well I want you to look at the song the angels sang on that night on a hillside outside of Bethlehem, verse 14 in Luke chapter 2. What do the angels sing? Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. In that one statement, the angels show us what Christmas means, they show us how Christmas changes everything. If you were asked to describe Christmas in two sentences, well, you could do a lot worse than quoting the angels. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Firstly, there is glory to God. Because Jesus has come to deal with the problem of sin. He has come to dwell with his people and become like us to take on the flesh of humanity. He did that. He he became a man. He became a man so that a man could go to the cross and die for the sins of mankind. So that you and I could be reconciled to God. So that we could be reconnected with God. So that we can have our sins removed and receive everlasting forgiveness. So that for all eternity we can have light instead of darkness and life instead of death. Jesus became a man And his humanity is something he took to himself for good, forever. Jesus is still a man. He became a man so that man and God can be connected for all time in Christ. And even after time is finished, as the angel said, glory to God in the highest. But the angels didn't stop there. Forgiveness of sins, everlasting connection to God isn't just for an individual here and there. Our reconnection and reconciliation to God reconnects us with one another. And so the angels continue on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. You see, the coming of Christ changes everything in a vertical direction. But it also changes everything horizontally. We are reconnected to one another. Through Jesus, we are made brother and sister. And so in the church, here, with all of these people in this room today, we are the new humanity. We're no longer in Adam. Disconnected with one another by faith, we are in Christ and reconnected with one another. Through the church God is at work to bring peace and goodwill on earth. Isn't that a wonderful message to hear? It's a wonderful message to understand, to believe and to spread around us this Christmas time. As the shepherds left the manger scene we're told in verse 17 they made it widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child and all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds friends that's witnessing it's as simple as that the mission work of the church is telling people what you know about jesus the very first christian missionaries they were the lowest of the low shepherds men who who people would usually have discounted people would usually have ignored the shepherds but so great was the manner and the meaning of their message that all who heard it marveled friends never think of yourself too lowly to share the gospel share it share it with anybody who will listen A great message of hope and reconciliation. That in Jesus we are reconnected with God and with each other forevermore. This child has been born to you today. Christmas changes everything. And so glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men.